You're listening to the ACB Advocacy Update. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of ACB Advocacy Update. This is Claire Stanley, the Advocacy and Outreach Specialist here at the American Council of the Blind. Sitting next to me is... Clark Rockfall, Director of Advocacy and Governmental Affairs for ACB. Thank you to everyone joining us over and listening on ACB Radio, as well as those who have downloaded and are listening or streaming via their favorite podcast player. And we should say, Happy Thanksgiving! I was going to try to make a turkey noise, but that's not going to happen. So, Happy Thanksgiving! (laughs) (laughs) And Today we have a great episode for everyone. Hopefully you are either at your destination or traveling safely uh, this holiday season, spending time with family and friends. But if you're listening to us because you need a little downtime and time to yourselves, this episode is all about audio description. And we are fortunate to be joined by the founding director of the Audio Description Project, as well as author of the Visual Made Verbal, Mr. Joel Snyder. That's Dr. Joel Snyder to you, fellow. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very good, sir. Yeah. Hey, l- let me help Claire out for a minute here, okay? How's Thank that? you, Joel. We appreciate All right. that. All right. can, can you also do stuffing and mashed potato sounds? Oh, ooh, I don't know. what. Ooh, I'm not sure what I'd do with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Joel, let's start at the very, very basic level. So I know a lot of our listeners are audio description users, but say just hypothetically that someone who's listening has never used audio description before. What is audio description? Great question and something that I endeavor to address uh, often when I do workshops and speak uh, all around the world, actually, because it still is uh, underknown as an assistive technology, as opposed to captions, for instance, um, or sign language interpretation, assistive technologies for people who are deaf or have uh, or are, are hard of hearing, you see those captions. You know, the general public sees the captions, sees the sign language interpreter, but the audio describer is invisible, uh, interestingly enough. Uh, no one sees that happening. The person that benefits will hear the audio descriptions, the audio describers work in theater, in, in uh, all other kinds of performing arts, in film, in television. It's really, um, as the title of my book implies, a, a way to make the visual verbal. Uh, we simply use words to describe action images that occur during a play or media, for instance. So we use the pauses between Uh, critical pieces of dialogue or other sound elements that we want people to hear, of course, but there are oftentimes pauses, even if it's just a second or two, it's time enough to provide uh, a a bit of description that will help convey, um, the way I say it is the the an understanding, he points to his head, and an appreciation, his hand is on his heart, of the image. So, Joel, Film and TV, as, as well as the theater, um, they already have audio components. They have dialogue, you know, they have exploding helicopters. And <laughs> what shows are you watching? <laughs> all, all the best ones. I, I'm, 
I'm sure somewhere there's a lethal weapon or diehard marathon. Uh, so they've been described. They've been described. I yes, remember. So why, why is audio description needed if um, yeah, yeah. in film and theater already have audio elements? Yeah, yeah. No, listen, some years back, I described the uh, classic uh, for, for uh, nationwide television, the classic Tom Hanks movie. Oh, why am I blanking out of the, the war movie? Um, not Castaway, of course, but uh, boy, I, I thought to bring it up and now I can't conjure the name of the movie. But, uh, Saving Private Ryan? Private Ryan, Saving Private Ryan, exactly. Thank you, Claire. You're welcome. Uh, uh, lots of uh, shooting and fighting and lots of sound throughout. Um, but that's the thing. It's sound. It's not necessarily dialogue. In fact, I think the best movies um, really rely on visual image and cinematography to communicate what the film is about. Um, that's lovely. It's wonderful. I'm a, I'm a sighted guy. I'm one of those disabled uh, sighted guys. I depend on light. I'm light dependent. You know, if the lights go out, man, I want to be with Clark or Claire, you know. Um, so, but I, but I can use my eyes to see those images. People who are blind or have low vision cannot. And that's what we're trying to fill in. Sometimes there's, yeah, there's dialogue, there's sound, but how does it all fit together? You know, and, and that's what we try to provide. That's great. And the way I like to think of it is when you're reading a book, um, you have the, the character dialogue in the book, but you also have the narration and sure. you know, the author's notes and descriptions of what the characters are doing as well. And that's, that's right. Kind of, and that's kind of what audio description is. It helps fill in those gaps between dialogue and between hearing the explosion of the helicopter. You know, that's a great analogy, Clark. The, if you read a novel, uh, but somebody, you know, took a pair of scissors and cut out all of the descriptive elements, um, I don't think there'd be much left at all, and certainly not anything that'd be very interesting to read. Yeah. So ACB has been involved in the, the audio description uh, landscape or field for quite some time, and that has taken the shape of the audio description project. So will you yeah. talk with us a little bit about that? Absolutely. Um, this is something, uh, uh, kind of the brainchild of, of myself, along with uh, Chris Gray and Mitch Pomerantz, uh, and Kim Charlson as well, I should mention, good 10, 11 years all ago. All long-term ACB members for those That's of you right. who don't know All former, yeah. uh, former presidents of ACB. Um, ACB, though, has been involved with uh, audio description, as you mentioned, its landscape, um, even before then, I mean, back into the, uh, I would say, even into the late 80s and early 90s, when it was just beginning to percolate on television. ACB members have been real fans of audio description, supporters of the idea, the technique, and that's really a wonderful thing. In, um, and back in uh, 2009, um, we had this idea for an initiative that would promote audio description. Again, it's underknown. It's, uh, it's underknown even by folks listening to this podcast, I bet, at least to some extent, people who are potential consumers of audio description. So we put together this project that uh, we do audio description for certain kinds of special events. Uh, your listeners may know uh, about the Eclipse Project when we described the solar eclipse uh, on ACB radio. We did uh, the description for the White House, the, the first ever audio-described tour of the White House. But principally, we're about uh, 
promoting description. Uh, one of the, the most uh, uh, visible, if you will, elements of the audio description project is our our website. So I want to mention that first and foremost, make sure that people know uh, they can find out just about anything they would ever want to know about audio description by going to acb.org slash ADP for audio description project. Uh, ably uh, supervised, webmastered, if you will, by uh, Fred Brack in North Carolina. And um, it's, a, it's a real wealth, a, a, a huge repository of, of information. Uh, it, is, it is the go-to site, I, I'd say worldwide, for information about audio description. Absolutely, and the, the passage of the 21st Century Communication Video Accessibility Act reinstated the audio description regulations uh, within the Federal Communications Commission, FCC, and yep. Since then, there's been tremendous growth in audio described content on TV. How, so with the, with the increase in uh, demand for audio describers to, to create that described content, uh, what is the role of the audio description project in, I guess, helping fill that void, supplying trained, yeah describers absolutely well we, we're we're uh, really a, quite a seminal uh, uh, element in the building of talent for audio description um i do want to mention though that acb was in i think without acb there would not have been a 21st century communications and video accessibility act um it really was the the hard work of people like uh, well our current executive director um eric bridges of course um and yeah. others uh, who really made that happen and what that did was uh, require we're right now we're at a mandate for uh, at least seven hours of description each week for each of the top nine broadcasters the four terrestrial broadcasters we call them abc nbc cbs and fox and then the top five cable uh, providers usa hgtv uh, tbs discovery and history, they all need to provide at least seven hours per week of description. Um, and some do more than that. And then there's there's description on PBS, and that's not a requirement, that kind of thing. But all of that, you're right, uh, Clark, that means um, there's been a cottage industry that has grown up. Um, oftentimes with the captioning companies um, around the, the country, these folks already have contracts with the networks to provide captions, and it was only natural for them to broaden into audio description. Um, indeed, I, I founded and directed the uh, Describe Media program for the National Captioning Institute uh, back in the early 2000s and uh, directed that program for six years. We, did, we described Sesame Street. We described many feature films as well. And But the ADP is, has really uh, taken the lead. We have produced um, presented, if you will, two uh, audio description institutes each year. Um, they, they each occur with the in conjunction with either the president's meeting in February or the annual conference in July. And we have done close to 20 of them now, almost 20. I think we're on our 18th uh, or the 19th will come up uh, in February. 
uh, in the Washington, D.C. area in conjunction with the president's meeting. That'll be February 22nd through the 24th in Alexandria, Virginia. Uh, and each uh, institute has anywhere from 15 to 25 uh, eager uh, participants, people who are looking to become professional describers, and many of them do. I'll also hasten to add that each institute, we have the involvement of at least one or two people who are consumers of description, people who are blind, who know description, who really love it, or advocates for description. They know what's good and what's not so good about description, and they're invaluable contributors to each of our audio description institutes. Uh, we'll have an announcement on the website, <coughs> excuse me, either late this month or early in December uh, for folks who are interested in registering for the late February uh, Institute. What a great plug. And as always, it always comes back to the website, acb.org slash ADP for Audio right. Description Project. Sure. And Joel, before we let you go here, there's uh, another bit of news and information that's on the ADP website, and that's the 2020 Batty Awards. That's right. Who are you calling bad? What did, <laughs> you just, what did he say? Batty, you're, oh, I'm so glad you mentioned it, Clark. Batty is an acronym for Benefits of Audio Description in Education. And um, it is a, a, a reincarnated version of a contest that we, we came up with, I think, back in, in 2010 or 2011. We want to involve kids in audio description. You know, kids love movies. Uh, all kids love movies. But kids who are blind or, or have low vision, you know, are not going to get the same uh, effect mm -hmm. if if the video they're watching the film they're watching doesn't have audio description and and we want to get them involved so we give prizes to kids ages 7 to 21 um, for reviews in braille in audio in writing however they want to do it reviews of the audio description of whatever film or whatever video uh, they might want to tell us about. We do all of this in conjunction with our good friends, partners at the Described and Captioned Media Program, a great uh, program for adding description and captions to educational video. And there's, a wet, there's thousands of videos they have on their website, dcmp.org. So with them, we have this contest, and um, we have been getting Oh, upwards of 25 or 30 at least entries uh, each year. We already have eight entries in this year um, without uh, two weeks over just, yeah, two weeks to go before this week's deadline, Friday, December 6th. And um, I would ask that um, your listeners, anybody interested in that, go to um, the Audio Description Project website, certainly. Um, or more specifically, to register and enter the contest, we have a, a, a URL, which is simply listeningislearning.org slash B-A-D-I-E, baddie, dot H-T-M-L. And that goes right to the Described and Captioned Media Program um, uh, site for entering the contest. And... Uh, we, look, we love reading these reviews from kids. It's clear that the kids love the description, and, and they're critical, though, too. They, they, are, they know what's good. They say, well, it didn't really help me that much, or this or that. 
they're great. And um, we, have, uh, we give uh, the grand prize winner an iPad mini, and uh, we give out iTunes uh, gift certificates, $100, $50 and such, to the kids that win and, uh, and to the uh, uh, teachers of the first prize winners. They get $100 Amazon.com uh, gift cards, too. So it's yeah, great. Let's get more submissions this year, you guys. Uh, yes, yes, absolutely. You who are teachers or work with kids or have kids who are blind or have low vision, let's let's get more kids involved, everybody. That's absolutely. Great. And as you, the, the deadline is Friday, December sixth, and we will include the uh, the link to register and send in your reviews uh, within the liner notes for this podcast. Excellent. Joel, we just want to say thank you so much for joining us today, sharing a little bit about the history of audio description as well as the audio description project and also uh, the Batty Awards. And because you mentioned iTunes, our next guest will talk a little bit more about that. Uh, oh. All the described content that is available online um, in the marketplace today and via new streaming services. Carl Richardson is is great, a, a font of knowledge. Carl and Kim Charlson are the co-chairs now of the steering project, steering committee for the audio description project. Great, thanks, thanks for that plug. Yeah. Everyone stay tuned for part two. Everybody, welcome back to the second portion of our podcast today on audio description. We just had a really great conversation with Joel Snyder, um, the director of the audio description project here at ACB. Um, now we're really excited to talk to one of our very own members, um, Carl Richardson, and talk about all the involvement he has with the audio description project, as well as his own perspective as a blind individual who uses audio description. Carl, do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself? Yeah. Hi, my name is Carl Richardson, and I am co-chair of the Audio Description Project, along with Kim Charlson. And I am very excited to be here to talk about one of my true passions. Great. Well, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. So, Carl, uh, share with us a little bit more about your role as a co-chair of the Audio Description Project, as well as um, the work of the various subcommittees of the audio description project. Great, yeah, so the audio description project is a committee within uh, the American Council of the Blind, and we are an organization that advocates for audio description in all areas, whether it be theater, performing art, museum, movie, television, anything to do with audio description. And our committee is broken into four subcommittees. Um, one is Batty, which I believe Joel Snyder discussed earlier, which is the benefit of audio description and education, where we want to encourage young people to learn about audio description, and we have them write essays on the benefits of audio description and have a contest winner at the annual convention in July. Another one is the media subcommittee, which I am also the chair of, which has to do with television, film, streaming services, and right now that's where we're seeing an explosion in audio description. The next is Section 508 Committee, which has to do with audio description and government-produced videos. And the next one is the Performing Arts Subcommittee, which has to do with theater, museums, 
park, that sort of thing. And all four committees are very active and thriving to increase audio description wherever we can. That last uh, subcommittee, I think, is really exciting to hear about, Carl, because um, in our last section, we talked a lot about the tele, uh, 21st century telecommunications um, bill and how it impacts TV and what we see on television, but the fact that we're doing more audio description within museums and performing arts theaters and things like that on Broadway, that's really exciting to hear that we're getting audio description in other places as well. Yeah. Yeah, the CBA was a, um, a momentous occasion when it was passed 10 years ago, and um, it has greatly increased the use of audio description on television, which has, I think, caused the other areas to expand based on the fact that they see it being used, widely used on television. Yeah. Yeah, and the, the FCC plays an important role here as well. Um, will you talk about the work that they do and your involvement uh, with the Disability Advisory Committee? Yeah, so the FCC oversees the 21st Telecommunications and Video Accessibility Act, otherwise known as the CVAA, which mandates that 87 and a half hours a quarter for the four broadcast networks, ABC, CBS, NBC, Fox, and the top five rated cable networks have 87 and a half hours of audio description either through prime time or children's television programming. Mm -hmm. um, and, and they have a disability advisory committee made up of technology, industry, and consumers. So folks like Apple, Comcast, AT&T, Verizon, and consumers such as myself sit on that. And we recently just passed a recommendation where it's great to have this audio description, but if we don't know where it is, how can we find it? So we passed a recommendation encouraging the, pro the broadcast entities to make it easier for us to find listens of the shows that are audio described so that we know what's on television when and where. Yeah, it's always fascinating for us here at ACB um, when we hear from TV broadcasters or cable companies that they go to the ADP website to find out what programming are on their own networks right. that audio described because it's it's the most reliable source out there. And Carl, will you talk a little bit about that and how? Do yeah, so, so the yeah the ADP website is actually quite a valuable resource, and I use it every Friday night after the end of a long work week to see what I'm going to watch tonight. <laughs> <laughs> but. but it has a lot of information on it from what's currently playing in the movie theater, if you want to go out to the movie with audio description, to what's on television, what night of the week and where, to what DVDs are coming out with audio description, to an accurate listing of what all the streaming services that have audio description, to what theaters and what date provide audio description, to how is audio description created, to a list of the vendors that create the audio description. So it's a very valuable resource. My favorite thing to do with the website is to, I subscribe to a number of streaming services. So I use the website to go on and, and look at what I'm gonna watch. 
So that's a perfect segue, Carl. You're talking about the streaming services, which is kind of the new frontier. I know we've joked a lot here in the office that just about everything is starting a streaming service now. So what does that look like? It's obviously a little bit different than the traditional television we've all known for so long. Um, how does audio description work in the streaming service world? So while the CBAA is a good law, the one thing it did not do is cover streaming services. Unlike the deaf and hard of hearing community where they said if it's ever been captioned for broadcast, when it goes over the stream and it has to be captioned, the blindness community did not get that in the CBAA. So we have to advocate for streaming services. And with the help of the audio description project, we've made a lot of headway. There's iTunes, which currently has over 1,300 titles, which is where a service where you can rent or buy titles of, of movies and television shows. There's Amazon Prime, which also is a place where you can rent and buy, or if you are an Amazon Prime member, you can watch um, some of their titles, and they currently have over 1,300 titles. There's Netflix, which was actually the first streaming service to do it, and they did it first with Daredevil a number of years ago, and they now do all original content plus uh, films and, and shows that they acquire from other distribution services that they've had audio description, they ask for those files. They now have over a thousand titles. There's um, Apple Plus, which just launched, oh, about four weeks ago, I think, which has about nine or 10 shows. And that has, and all their content is currently audio described. And the fascinating thing about that is they described it in nine different languages. That's kind of, I don't understand any of the other languages, but I was playing with it the other night just to hear what audio description in Portuguese sounded like. <laughs> uh, um, and then we have. That's fascinating because it also doesn't, it doesn't matter where you live. It's right. wherever you are, whatever region you're in, you can access those different languages. Right, uh, they did not lock it down. So if you, you know, lived in a house with a person who spoke a different language, you could, and they also um, captioned it in 40 different languages, sub wrote yeah. titles. Sub, and the cool thing about the Apple TV, um, I have the Apple TV, is if you have a refreshable braille display, voiceover will actually read the caption. So if you're deafblind, that's a nice benefit there. Oh, and wow. then we have, then we have, um, Hulu, which is new to the game and currently under structured negotiations with ACB, but they currently have over 60 titles and, um, and that'll be growing. And right now, to my knowledge, it's only available on Apple or iOS platforms, but they have until January 1, which is only a little over a month away, to make it accessible on other platforms, to make the website green reader friendly to make the player's uh, controls accessible and to allow you to search and filter by audio description titles. So stay tuned for that. Um, and then, oh, Disney Plus just launched two weeks ago and already has more than 250 titles audio described along with um, all their original content. And that's kind of cool because I've played with that on my Roku, Apple, Fire TV, and X one box and it worked audio description works on all of them and then last but not least i don't have any details but they tuned hbo max hbo now and hbo go all the entities under warner media uh instruction negotiations with acb so hopefully we'll be hearing something soon on audio description 
potentially in the next few years being available on that platform as well. And that's exciting because I know a lot of us who subscribe to HBO um, through either our telecommunications company or through our cable package, um, we love the programs. We would, we would love them even more if they were audio described as well. Game of Thrones, right? Right. <laughs> I know. I, watching Game of Thrones with my wife, I had to try to figure out what was going on when I hear her just like, ah, oh my goodness. No, they didn't. What? And I'm just like, what just happened? <laughs> I told my wife, who fully sighted, loved watching a show with me that's audio described because it takes the pressure off of her to make sure that I understand or I'm enjoying it. And now she can just relax. And it's like going out in the data again where we're both yeah. on equal footing. That's great. So, and Carl, you mentioned a bunch of different um, streaming boxes or devices where you can access all of these over-the-top or internet video services. So the Apple TV, Roku, um, the Xbox, uh, the Fire, Fire Stick or Fire TV. Um, how do you find the, the accessible user interfaces of these devices? And are there any that you think work better than others for streaming content with audio description? So the two best ones are, well, first, obviously the Apple TV, because you can go into accessibility um, and turn on audio description. So often then when you play an app that has a title, it's automatically turned on. Not in all cases, but often. So the Apple TV is, is I find, the most friendly for apps and screen reader friendly with voiceover. So that, that's probably the one I use the most. I use the Fire TV next the most because that's also friendly with the work of what Amazon is doing and Peter Korn. And, and, and that has its benefits too, like if in terms of, I have more flexibility what I can do with the screen reader. So someone with a hearing loss, I may not always tell the difference between a word a P and a T. To me, they both sound alike. So I can then break it down and spell the word by character. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? That sort of thing. So that's kind of fun. And Amazon's doing a good, not all the apps work all the time, but they're doing a good job. And that's, um, I enjoy the Fire TV quite a bit as well. Next, I have the Roku. That has a screen reader in it. It's not the friendliest um, box in terms of accessibility. But the reason why I have the Roku is because they have the most channels and streaming stuff, and they have the most content. And if you're a film and television buff like I, you know, back when I had sites, I was, I majored in film and television and worked in the Hollywood. So I'm just in the, and that's why audio description has been a saving grace because it gave me my love of watching movies back. Mm. So, um, so I have the Roku. It works at times, but it, it, it needs improvement. Um, the Xbox, I haven't played with a lot but it does have narrator built into it. And I, I'm just learning how to use that, but it, it, it is there and it's just something to be aware of that Microsoft is working on. Like I said, Disney Plus did work with audio description on it. So that was nice to see. So, um, that, so my preference is the Apple TV and the Fire TV are the two most accessible devices. All the other devices do have screen reader built in, 
and that's another portion of the CVAA that all streaming devices must have a screen reader built in so that you can access the software and content on the streaming device. So Carl, I know that the ADP website uh, has already released a preliminary review of the over 250 titles available on Disney Plus. And I'm sure you guys will be updating the website as more um, content is released and more information becomes available. Will you also have information and reviews about the uh, streaming devices as well as services available on the website? So, you know, that's a good suggestion. And, and I will certainly share that with the media committee and, and look into that. What we do have right now, well, first of all, thank you. I should have mentioned earlier that the six streaming service I mentioned, iTunes, Netflix, Amazon Prime Video, Disney Plus, Hulu, and and um, I'm thinking Apple, Apple TV Plus. We have relationship with all those companies, and we do have an accurate and full listing of all the shows that are audio described. So it's up to date. We update it twice a week on Tuesdays and Fridays, so they're fully up to date. We do on the website have a section on strategy for cord cutting and what type of devices accessible devices are being used for cord cutting and right now we have one using the amazon recast which allows you to use as a dvr but also use it to watch live content and you can access the sap channel with an over-the-air antenna to access audio description and the other one is using the channels app which is an ios app um, and you connect to the hb home run to your your computer and you can access over the air channels that way using audio description. It's probably a good idea to do a review of all the streaming devices and I will look into that. Well, I certainly need to learn more about the ADP website and find out how to cut the cord and keep uh, accessible user interfaces and audio description. Um, thank you so much for sharing that information with us today, Carl. And since this podcast is going to air on Thanksgiving, are there any audio described movies that you are looking forward to listening to and watching for the holidays? Well, traditionally, think uh, NBC plays one of my favorite movies of all time. It's a Wonderful Life. Aw, classic. And it, yeah, 1946, uh, Jimmy Stewart. So. I will tune into that, and um, we will. And I also want to catch up on the Crown. They just released Netflix just released season three of the Crown, so I'm probably going to binge nice. binge watch the Crown. And I know from I heard a rumor that Disney Plus is going to release two episodes of Mandalorian next week, and I'm addicted to that show already. So that that's going to be my my view. And, oh, and The Irishman, which is the new movie coming out on Netflix. Are you ready for this? It has Robert De Niro, Harvey Keitel, Al Pacino, and Joe Pesky all in one movie. Nice. Giddy up. <laughs> yeah. So I'm sorry. I'm very passionate about film. I love it. Well, thank you so much, Carl. This has been really informative and I know I've learned a lot. Um, so thank you for just sharing your knowledge um, about what's going on right now in the audio description world and the streaming world. Um, we're really excited to have you and uh, we are excited that everybody gets to learn all about this on Thanksgiving. And I feel like I now need to go out and watch a whole lot more television. So thank you. Thank you. 
All right, everyone. And as we always say at the end of our podcast, keep advocating. advocating.